Hello and welcome to another episode of the Cricket and the King podcast, the podcast where Jesus is the answer to everything, and we are constantly expanding on that point. I'm your host, Ben, and today we're going to do something a little different. We are going to tell the story of us. Why do I say us and not me? Because I'm sitting with my lovely wife, Katrina, and she's going to be filling in the blanks on all the stuff I miss in this story because, honestly, I miss a lot. So, uh, say hi, Katrina. Hello. So, now that your voice has graced this lovely microphone, let us start at the beginning. And that is that we were born naked, like everyone else. And then we jump ahead, what, 17 years for me? 18 years for you? Mm. And we meet at a Christian kids camp on a beautiful island. And uh, from there, what was your first impression of me? Uh, You struck me as an angry little man. (laughs) And I was an angry little man. Good observation. And you struck me as a hipster with a fuzzy patch. Fuzzy because you had a shaved side of your head that you were growing out. It was kind of at that awkward length too, which was not not a good look for me. (laughs) It was edgy. Super edgy. So anyway, we met each other, we had both brought friends, and our friends subsequently decided to not hook up, that's not the right word, summer fling. fling. They decided to have a summer fling, a flirtationship if you will, it's not a relationship, but you know, they're spending all their time, they're gazing into each other's eyes, watching the sunset, it's beautiful. Anyway, so we had nobody to hang out with for the whole summer, so we hung out with each other, and it was platonic. Was there any feelings on your end? Nope. Nope, no feelings on her end, no feelings on my end. And so we just hung out. And we hung out for a whole summer like that, just being friends. And uh, it was it was a good way to start a relationship because we didn't care what the other person thought. So we said all the horrible things and, yeah, just weren't worried about <laughs> impressions. I saw you at your absolute worst with six-year-old kids, and I think you saw me at my absolute worst, and ugly crying, and all sorts of things. So, great way to start off a friendship. Yeah, it was it was definitely very revealing. Kids camps bring out the worst in you, and also the best. Yeah, also the best. Yeah, definitely the best. But um, so yeah, we saw each other in that state, and then we got in a relationship i was coming to camp and then by fluke or happenstance uh the friend that was driving me to camp dropped me off at your house and that was when we kind of started like eyeing each other up more than platonic we were like oh you're attractive and then you were like oh you're attractive and then yeah and then we started dating but uh we kept it a secret in the meantime there was a little bit of a window from that time to the time we saw each other again because we were both just such good friends and oh yeah, yeah we didn't want to say anything so neither of us said anything and um i was going to my parents house for thanksgiving and ben was pretty close to where they lived and he i was working at the same kids camp throughout the year and the kids camp yeah the kids camp was pretty close to my parents house and he is from edmonton alberta which is a long ways away from where we were and so he wouldn't have been going home for Thanksgiving. So I invited him to my family's Thanksgiving. Uh, and it was then that he started hinting at a relationship. <laughs> so I, I asked my friend Ryan at camp if I should ask her out. Because um, it would be awkward to go to her parents and then 
ask her out, ruin our friendship, and have to stay at her parents' house for two more days under the premise of that ruined friendship. Uh, but yeah, I just full send first day. It's like, hey, I I like like you, you know, like you say when you're 18 and scared. I don't know. Yeah, super uh, risky though because Thanksgiving dinner with somebody else's family and luckily he wasn't rejected by me or else that would have been pretty uncomfortable sitting crying over turkey and stuffing in somebody else's house yeah fortunately (laughs) that's not how the story turns so um after that we were officially dating and then we dated for like almost a year uh and we kept it a secret at the summer camp as well some of the other counselors knew but we weren't really we didn't advertise and then we were dating, and then I we got engaged, and then we moved back to Edmonton, um, and lived with my parent. You lived with my parents. You were going to be a nanny, a full time nanny, but that didn't end up working out. You did get a nannying job, but it wasn't a live in nannying job. So then you ended up living at my parents' house, and that was, I mean, like for a couple, a young couple, and as like the that was like the last thing I wanted to do, but it ended up being a blessing in the end, and then. Uh, yeah, and then we got married in Hawaii. No regrets. Our wedding was tiny. My best man couldn't show up. Uh, <laughs> I think there was a total of 13 people there. And it's also important to note that my parents really didn't want to do a big wedding. And so I think from the age of 11, they started planting the idea of a destination wedding. And um, as somebody who doesn't really like big parties or being in any sort of spotlight, that sounded great with me. So I just kind of took that and ran. <laughs> yeah. So we had a tiny wedding uh, and then we were married for about two years. I wasn't, Katie was uh, following the Lord a lot more diligently than I. And we both kind of had that uh, very, not Baptist, but like Alliance. You were raised in like a more Pentecostal church. Baptist, Baptist church? Isn't oh, okay. Katie was raised in a Baptist church, apparently. So yeah, we had people that raised hands occasionally in church. What did you have? Oh, oh, my mom was the hand raiser, cheerer, but I think that was considered strange. She was abnormal. <laughs> she's she's raising her hands in church. What was she gonna do next? Speak in tongues? No, I'm just kidding. Um. So anyway, uh, I yeah I was aware of it, but I had never really given my heart to Jesus. And uh, I started to drift from the faith. Um, Just like didn't care. I was like, the church is hypocritical. People are hypocritical. Nobody actually believes the Bible or does what's in the Bible. But I think it's important to note that like, yes, you were drifting, but you were also still doing all of like the quote unquote Christian things. You still read your Bible every day and you talk to God every day and we went to church every Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's kind of funny because to the to outsiders, we looked like good Christian people, which is super kind of frightening because you never know where someone's at. Like I was smoking metric tons of weed and uh, and but I was still like serving on a worship team at church and still uh, reading my Bible basically daily and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just like, I still had like a pornography, pornography problem, which I had had since I was 14. I swore all the time if I wasn't in church, not like swearing is like a mark of evil, but yeah. And it was so funny because once we 
really started following the Lord, people, people asked like, well, what are you, what are you doing? Like, did you, did you get baptized? Like, are, are you going to church every Sunday? And we're like, no, we've, we've done all of the Christian things. Yeah, it was, it was a radical change, but we're, we're jumping ahead too far. So pretty much, uh, then I, I, my friend showed me a video of a guy who would pray for people and they would get healed. And I was like, maybe this is just a gimmick for YouTube. Uh, or maybe this is the real deal. Uh, but he's actually doing what's in the Bible. Like I saw nothing wrong what he was doing. It says lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. He would touch people on the shoulder, pray for them, and then they'd get healed. So I was like, well, maybe it's gimmick or maybe it's the real deal. So I, I decided this was my decision and this isn't, isn't the most holy decision, but I was basically like, if God's real, then it's very important to figure out what's going on and it doesn't matter what other people think. But if God's not real, it really doesn't matter what you do because everything's meaningless anyway. So I'm just going to send it and try this thing out. So I sent it. I got on my longboard and just started telling people about Jesus and, uh, yeah, it was very strange because somebody got healed like immediately and then uh, it was really funny actually cuz one day he he flushed his drugs down the toilet and then he's heading out the door with his drugs longboard. being weed folks. I wasn't doing like coke <laughs> or heroin. Yeah, it's important. Um but <laughs> he flushed his weed down the toilet and then like the next day, he's like, well, I'm going to go heal people. So uh, see ya. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't say I was going to go heal people. I just was like, I guess I should probably try to tell people about Jesus if he's actually the most important thing in the world. Uh, turns out he is and he's real and he heals people. And it's very strange to watch. It's very simple as well. Yeah, it kind of felt like a, a weird 180, though. <laughs> it's very drastic. Yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of, like, whiplash from, like, you used... I just... um. So that verse that says, uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, uh, you know, the, the old is gone, behold, the new has come. I woke up a brand new creation. I was like... I, my swearing was just gone. I no longer had a pornography addiction. Uh, I started radically telling the truth because I used to have a really bad problem with lying, like even just with little things. I would like tell lies all the time. And um, yeah, I I just woke up a new creation because I just decided to follow Christ with reckless abandon. And it was insane. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Give your heart to Jesus is the moral of the story. But anyway, after that, we were really hungry for more things of the spirit. And we found out there's a whole community of people called Christian. No, I'm just kidding. Everybody's a Christian, but everybody's at a different place. But there's uh, lots of believers that were into that sort of thing and knew that it was a thing that happened. And so we started looking for stuff. So Katie, you want to take the story from here? Uh, well, should we share the Lord? Cunningham story? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's important. <laughs> um, there's a guy named Lauren Cunningham. Uh, he is the founder of YWAM. And while we were still living in Edmonton, he came. It was it was a YWAM is a huge youth missions movement. If you don't know what it is, you could just Google it and you'll get a whole spiel. Probably a lot of like weird like YWAM's a sham stuff as well. But <laughs> but no, yeah, it's it stands for youth with a mission. 
Yeah, but this guy, uh, he came to our little church, and it was a conference, but it was so small. And this guy, he's a he's a pretty big deal. So it was it was pretty unreal that he was in Edmonton. Yeah, it was weird that he even came to our church because he. But he later on had said like him and his wife pray over each place they feel like they should be, and they felt like they should be in Edmonton, Alberta, at this tiny Baptist church. Yeah, so we went to that, and he shared his super unreal story um, about his walk with Jesus and where he is. And afterwards, he laid hands on Ben, and he said, "If you, <laughs> if you want things to get weird, then then he should pray for you." And I'm I'm an extreme person, so I was like, "Whatever weird stuff you're into, I want. I definitely want that because I wanted the whole Bible shtick." I was like, "Paul had like sweat rags that healed people." And so I want to go, I want to go there. (laughs) Yeah, so he laid hands on Ben and things got super weird after that point. Yeah, so we started, we, I would say that was like a, like a second filling of the Holy Spirit. Like, I don't know what you guys believe on that. I think everybody has different opinions and you can nitpick it all you want. But whatever happened, we both got filled with the Holy Spirit in a different way different than anything we'd ever experienced and we started hearing god in a different way and being in relation active relationship with god um yeah and then what was there did i have a dream or what did what happened yeah uh so we both started getting dreams uh words all sorts of things yeah we found out prophecy was real and that was a trip yeah so (laughs) uh so separately we both felt like we were supposed to move to Vancouver Island and live in a travel trailer. And it was super weird because we didn't talk to each other about this at all though, because the idea was so radical. So it was like this idea came up for both of us completely in independent thought of one another. Yeah. So I wasn't sure what it meant. I didn't really have like a great metric for this at this point. And so when I started like getting those feelings and uh, pictures and stuff, I was like, well, that's weird. Like, do I just want to be by my family? Like, I don't think so. Cause I, I think I have my life all planned out and that I want to live in this certain place and doing this thing. And none of that really included this new plan that we were given. Um, and so I kind of just kept that to myself, just kind of not really knowing what it meant and then it was a few days after that where Ben uh, he said you know Katie I think we're supposed to move to Vancouver Vancouver Island and we're supposed to live um, with your parents and I piped in I'm like yeah we're supposed to live there in a travel trailer Um, and then after that it got pretty weird too Um, and just each thing was just so supernatural I mean the the story of how the Because trailers, like we had, um, we had really struggled financially after having Ellie, but we had figured out how to make it work. I had gotten into a trade and we were making, we were doing better, I would say. Um, But then, then I got late. So we, we had the Vancouver, uh, we had the Vancouver conversation and then there was a brief period of time where we were just doing life as normal. I was just working. And yeah, we also thought, like, when we got this um, this dream, <laughs> this direction, we thought that like, financially it just didn't make sense. So so looking at it, um, 
we assumed it would be maybe two, three years to get the finances to be able to afford a trailer that would fit us as well as our daughter. Yeah, and then we wanted to have another child as well at this point. So we were we needed to have uh, th- three beds at least, uh, room for a bunch. And trailers like that cost around like seventeen thousand dollars for a kind of crappy used one, and then about thirty thousand dollars for a nice one. And we were nowhere near that. We had saved up about uh, like close to ten thousand dollars at that point. Um, and and that was just through, you know, being very blessed and the Lord taking care of us and us being uh, pretty cheap. Well, not cheap, just frugal because um, we had gone through such a hard financial time before. Um, and then and then uh, and then it just got even crazier because I got laid off. But I knew it was weird because I, I knew it was the Lord. I, since I was able to talk to the Holy Spirit now and kind of be in the... I was reading the Bible voraciously at this point. Like I would read the Bible as like an hour a day. Just more. Like probably more. It was the only thing I wanted to do. So I was just devouring scripture. But I, I knew it was the Lord. Like I just like... I was like, oh, I'm laid off because that's what... That's part of the plan here. Um, and then... Uh, well, when you got laid off, you, you kept saying like, Katie, I I think it's now that we're supposed to go. I think we're supposed to, uh, pack our bags. I think me losing my job is us. Like, I think that's like the sign that we're supposed to go. And I was being so hard headed and I was like, no, Ben, like it doesn't make sense. Like we still don't have enough money for a trailer or anything like that. It, it's definitely going to be two to three years and, yeah, I I think over the course of the weekend or whenever it was, I I had a change of heart and I just I started feeling so convicted about being in control about about all of this and like I did feel like like God was calling us to do this now and all of that was just so scary to me um, to, <laughs> to not be in control and to not be prepared and so finally I relented and. I said, okay, okay, it's now. And then we started looking for our trailer and we found one. Yeah, we found a trailer and it was posted for uh, $5,000. And then we could, the number the Lord told me to give them was $3,500. But I ended up giving them $4,000 because I wasn't accustomed to obeying God at this point. And I was also looking far and wide for trailers and there was nothing coming up. Um... Yeah, they were all, I think, over $12,000, between twelve dollars and $20,000 just for like a basic used trailer with bunk beds. Um, and so I was looking far and wide and we were sitting at the dinner table and Ben was just reading his Bible. Uh, and he looked at me and said, Katie, look up a trailer for $5,000. And I sat there kind of rolling my eyes like, oh, as if like I've been looking for tra- for trailers for like three days and, and there's nothing. And like, I know because I've been looking. And so I was sitting there kind of kind of a little bit sassy, but scrolling through my phone. And sure enough, there was a trailer for $5,000 and I looked through the pictures and my heart's beating. I start sweating. It's everything that we were looking for and more. It even had a bathtub and basically anything we would need. Um, basically, yeah, like that would have cost a ton of money. And so um, I just kind of like threw my phone at him and we both like sat there. We were shell shocked. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> we definitely didn't expect uh, to find something for that amount of money. And, and so sure enough, we're like, yep, this is the Holy Spirit. Like we super, super felt that in that moment. And so I reached out to the people that were selling it thinking like, oh, this is too good to be true. Um, you know, they're probably like an older couple and they probably sold it already. And maybe they just forgot to delete their ad. I don't know. Um, but yeah, they, they got back, they got back to us. And so we scheduled a time to go see it. So we had to drive an hour out of the city and we drive a little Honda Fit. And so (laughs) that was another complication was driving there. Uh, we had no way to tow the trailer. Um, and, but we had, we had some people that we could call just in case, but but we were driving there saying, like thinking maybe maybe they could tow it back for us. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was $5,000. And I guess they liked us so much that they wanted to give us the trailer for less than that. And then on top of that, they also offered to tow it to our house for free. Yeah. So then they they we gave them the four thousand, so that left us a thousand dollars for renovations that we weren't expecting. Uh, and then they towed it for free, which was another bit of money that we weren't expecting. Oh, and then uh, oh yeah, I guess that was one of my first times. So I had God tell me to take out. I have pierced ears, so I had God tell me to take out my earrings, and I was like super weirded out by that. Because I was like, what the heck? But when I met the guy, he definitely wouldn't have liked me at all if I had my earrings in. I know that's like a weird thing to say, but... They're older, older, more traditional, so that yeah. they might have saw pierced ears and, you know, made assumptions. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so it was like, that was weird. But then as soon as the deal went down, he was like, okay, you can put your earrings back in. I was like, okay. Um, but that was like one of the first times hearing really clear, like weird. Cause you know, the Bible gives a lot of really good direction. Like people are like, how do I hear God? It's like, read the Bible. It's everything you need to do. But then there's specific things that you can't really know, uh, unless you have Holy Spirit speaking to you directly. And so that was one of, that was one of the first times I had experienced something that direct and seen the fruit from it, seen results from it. Um, and then uh, we got the trailer, and we, I started renovating the trailer by faith. We also parked it illegally, which we didn't know we parked. It was ignorance that we parked it illegally. But our landlord said it was okay. But then the police were like, oh, that's not cool. But they gave us, I said, okay, we have two months. It just has to be parked there for two months while we renovate it, and then it can be gone. And they, and they were like, well, it has to be gone in three weeks. And I was like, well, is there like a way I can extend it? And they're like, we'll see what we can do. And then it was totally fine with them. They just let it slide. Also, we lived in a pretty ritzy neighborhood. And so we had a lot of older people calling us in, complaining, because it was such an eyesore. It was right um, on the main road. (laughs) And so whenever they drove by, they just saw this kind of (laughs) ugly 31-foot travel trailer on this like right by the sidewalk and they were yeah so they were not very happy with us um so we just had people calling us in yeah but despite that the police were like super gracious which is weird because they're not they would ticket you typically a lot um and so then we renovated it by faith it turned out incredible and beautiful um despite me having very little skill in that 
uh, Katie worked really hard and I worked reasonably hard as well. And during this time, God was just providing money for us to live and, um, and taking care of all of our needs and all of our Christian friends and friends and family thought we were insane because we like, like, uh, like we had described before, it looked like we were living a pretty good life from the outside. Yeah. And we're both, um, we're very structured people and we are the kind of people that like to have like a five, 10, 15, 20 plus years of, uh, plans. (laughs) So to do something suddenly so, so drastic was just so out of character for us. So we had friends who wanted to have an intervention with us just because it was just so wild to just do such a 180 like that. Yeah, it wasn't in our character at all to do to do something that extreme. Um, so it's not like like we were like extreme transient hippies before we found God and God just used our character to his advantage. It was just us choosing to be radically obedient and that yeah that really freaked everyone out and and a lot of people in that time used like the wisdom excuse like the oh it's not wise oh it's foolish but if it's god and you know it's god you you know it says in the bible without faith it is impossible to please god and we were like we're doing this in faith and you know sometimes we can be wrong and stuff and land on our face but I think there's times where we learn learn to trust and that was one of those times. So we did everything in faith and and we moved to Vancouver Island and uh it was insane. Yeah, and another thing is my family's from Vancouver Island like I said and so I I one of the most discouraging things throughout that time was people assuming that we were moving there uh, for family when it was just such a wild faith thing and it was something that we were both really uncomfortable with like that wasn't something we would have chosen for ourselves and we had to sell everything that we owned um that was super hard um to get rid of uh i don't know our daughter's furniture and things that she had grown up with like we would just sit in the evening some days just like weeping and holding each other and so it it was just so radical um and uncomfortable and it was like a really stretching time but people people would assume that it was for family or it was to get ahead to save money they would find a way to justify it and minimize it to be like oh no it's not god like this is like they're trying to make it practical like no it's a stupid thing to sell everything you own to leave a um, economically very viable city with a good job and good prospects and go to a place with a very poor economy and like astronomical rent price like it was not a good it wasn't a good move but people were like oh you do it for family it's like we're not doing it for family we're doing it for jesus and there was just so much excitement and joy too in suddenly hearing god in a new way and following him in a new way and um having faith and all these things and so um to tell people our story in so much detail and excitement and and for them to respond with, oh, yeah, that's so nice. You can move to be with your family. And it was just so crushing. We're like, you're missing the point. Jesus is king and he has a plan for everyone, including you. You just have to be willing to listen. But uh, people are 
fairly stubborn. I know we were stubborn. I don't even know how we would have responded if our friends would have done something or come ba- come back with something like that in radical obedience. I mean, we had, uh, I or not, I shouldn't, I'm not going to lump Katie in with me, but I actually had like uh, a real beef with things like YWAM, which is funny because the guy from the main guy that started YWAM prayed for me, but but I had a beef because I saw so many of my friends like go out and then come back and be like, we saw healings and miracles and it was radical and blah, blah, blah. And then they'd just be these train wrecks when they got home and just like, like just moral, morally lost and total, you know, uh, just very unchristian and just going off the deep end in, in all kinds of things. And I'm like, you don't love God. You don't even care at all. Like that's such a cheap way to to say you're a Christian. Yeah, so he assumed that that was some sort of reflection of YWAM as a whole. Yeah, I mean, like, I just got, like, I saw a bunch of bad apples and assumed that the whole batch was bad, but, I mean, like, obviously that's not true, and I, I try now not to paint with a broad brush like that, but it that had embittered me against the things of the Spirit, and I think that's one of those hooks of division that Satan tries to put in you. But anyway, um... We were here, then we ended up living here at Katie's parents' property, and I still didn't have a job, and it looked like getting a job. Getting a job, especially in the trades here, requires a lot of connections, and I didn't know what to do. (laughs) Um, I was just like, I'm just reading my Bible, I'm trying my best, like, we're running out of money, basically, and and then God told me to go on a 10-day fast, so... I went on a 10-day fast, and um, yeah, I, I mean, it wasn't super. It wasn't a super spiritual experience. I don't, I don't really know how to describe it. Like it was just like I was fasting because God asked me to, and I would read my Bible and pray and journal and sleep a lot because when you don't eat, you're actually super tired. Fun fact. Um, and and then suddenly I got a job. Uh, God told me to call somebody at a very specific time. And it wasn't even an interview. It was just a come to work the next day. Sorry, excuse me. Come to work the next day. And so uh, we miraculously got the first job. And uh, that kind of kicked things off. And then uh, we should probably talk about the church we're at and how that started. Mm -hmm. Uh, When we were in Edmonton still, when we were uh, deep in the, we're moving to the island and living in a travel trailer plan, uh, I didn't know anything really about Campbell River other than there was like a big Baptist church and that's where I would go whenever I would sleep over at my grandma's and that's really all I knew about Campbell River because that's all I did when I went there. Um, And so I assumed that we would just go to Campbell River Baptist Church, but um, God kind of plunked this 14-year-old conversation I had, uh, I think with my aunt um, when I was at the Baptist church and I asked her where my cousin was that day. And she said, Oh, she's, she's at the vineyard. And then, and that's, that's where that left off. And so I was like, huh, what's a vineyard? And I, (laughs) I looked it up on Google search and their mission statement popped up and we read it and we're like, yep, we feel like that's our church. And, and God was definitely leading us that in that direction. And so and then we came here for vacation because we had planned a vacation before I had gotten laid off. Um, and obviously it turned into something else. And we had already, we had plane tickets and stuff. Well, uh, we had plane tickets and stuff. And then um, 
and then we were like, well, we're not going to not go on vacation just because I'm laid off. Like, we'll still go. And so we ended up going and we were like, well, let's visit this vineyard church to see if there's anything to it. And the moment we stepped or no, the moment we drove onto the parking lot, we were like, oh, this is where we're supposed to go, which is very unusual for us. We don't typically have a lot of those moments. Yeah, yeah. It, it it was definitely different. And so from that point, uh then at some point they asked us to run a youth group. I don't know. What what happened in between that time? Is there anything really? More healings, more miracles? Oh, um, I guess another important tidbit was when we were called to the vineyard, to the island, um, the current youth group at that church had gave notice that he was stepping down. So in June... The current youth group pastor, like the youth pastor. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, so it was it was June, I think, 2018. Was it 2018? Uh, I think so. Okay. I think so, too. Um, but he gave his notice that he was going to be moving and doing something different. Um, and so I think at that point, they started praying for new youth pastors. And then that's when we got the call of God to go there. And so, yeah, we were asked to be youth pastors uh, a while after we started going there. Yeah, um, and that was very strange. I have no training to do that, really. Um, And we we do care about it, the youth, but it was just like it was different. And it was but it was something that God was asking us to do. And so we did that. and then I got laid off again, and that was very hard. And that's actually coming up to the most recent time. And for me, the 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 recent time this this last three months or four I don't know it was like almost nine months of unemployment. It it was radical. We watched God provide in really crazy ways. But I I wanted to leave. I wanted to be done because. Oh. Um, it's important important little bit of information too but before ben got laid off god was actually calling us to own a house um yeah yeah the house house story is actually important that we we say so um god told us to sell our trailer and buy a house and he was telling us the exact amount to sell our trailer for and he told me the day that i was supposed to post it and it was super wild and and people kept telling me like you're not going to get that much money for it like it it is an older trailer but we we did renovate it really nicely um but uh there was somebody just visiting she was just visiting canada and she was going back to switzerland and she just happened to be looking for a travel trailer that weekend and so she saw my ad on the friday and i felt really uncomfortable posting it too because there was so much more work that i wanted to do and i didn't even want to post pictures of it but god told me to do it so i did and it was exactly what she was looking for and so she sent somebody to go see it for her um and yeah she agreed to buy it she sent us money and it was super yeah it was it was wild she bought she bought the trailer for the asking price and loved it and i was i made sure when we showed them i showed them like 
like I didn't even talk about the good points of the trailer. I was just like, this is what's wrong with it. This is wrong because I I was um, after I had started telling the truth all the time and being completely 100% honest about everything. I just was like, I want them to know what they're getting into. And if God really wants us to do this, then he's going to make a way. So I just pointed out all the bad things about the trailer. I was like, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. The, the, you know, there's some body damage here. There's some this there. Anyway, and I was just brutally honest. And then they were still like, oh, we love it and we want it. Yeah. And our trailer was super quirky too. Like it was set up for a family. It was set up for tiny living. It wasn't really like a trailer trailer. Um, so we had other people come look at it too. And it was definitely not what they were looking for. Because we took out the dinette. We took out all sorts of things just to suit our family. And so it definitely required like a certain kind of person to live there. Like someone creative. We, yeah, we turned it into a tiny house. So it was going to take a really unique buyer. And then that buyer obviously showed up. And that buyer was from... Or Switzerland. Switzerland, yeah. So anyway, and then that lovely lady bought the house, and then uh, so we we got we then we started looking for a house, and and God told us the complex that He wanted us to buy in, but every time a house came up, uh, it would get sold. Yeah. Also, our price range wasn't huge and what we could get approved for also wasn't huge. Um, And so every time something would come up, it was typically like a one bedroom and we're like, oh, that makes sense. Like we, you know, we don't have a lot of money and we've we're also really used to doing the tiny living thing. So we could probably do something really cool with a suite. Um, And so we assumed that that was kind of the space that we were going to get. And yeah, we we looked at a place um, and just in the parking lot there, we we felt God saying like, this is your home. And then we went into the suite and it was a dump. Like it was a disaster. And we're like, well, God, like we clearly heard you saying that this was our home. So you know what? We're going to make an offer, even though it is horrible and they're asking way too much. So just like, tell us like the number that we like that it's worth. Just tell us the number and separately uh, God told us the number that it was worth. And so we were like, well, we heard the buyer or the seller was pretty difficult. So we're going to, we're going to up that a little bit. Like we're going to, we're going to give them like a better offer, even though it's not worth that. But like God told us that this is our home. And so like, we're going to follow that. And then we also just said like, you know what, like if this is not our home, like we are just going like full bore, like guns blazing, (laughs) like about to make a wild, financial decision so if this is not our home just shut that door super hard and we made our offer and it was definitely more than it was worth and the lady actually like she refused the offer and then she actually upped the asking (laughs) price we're like well that's super obvious yeah it was we were like oh that's the most obvious closed door ever but then there's the confusion of god saying like this is your home and you know, and you know, it's the Lord and you're just confused. So anyway, then another place came up and it smelled like smoke and looked like crack addicts live there. And we were like, crack addicts did actually live there. (laughs) (laughs) Crack addicts may have actually lived there. God bless them and keep them. But, but it was, we were like, okay, if this is the place that we're supposed to be in, then God will make it clear We actually left the place and our eyes were bloodshot because like it was 
the worst cigarette smoke ever and they had they had like vacated the property like well in advance but it was just like this thick cloud of cigarette smoke and our our realtor is just like we got to get out of here (laughs) yeah our realtor was like we need to leave before we all get a nicotine addiction (laughs) so if that's any indicator of how badly it reeked of smoke then uh yeah so anyway instead of trashing this place's realty (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so we just kept an eye on this place and like places would come up all the time like different units and it just kept getting better and better like there would be two bedrooms or a more spacious two bedroom or a renovated two bedroom one and every time we were like yep we're gonna make an offer we're gonna go see it we're gonna do this and the doors just kept closing and it was super confusing and then katie i'm at work and katie messaged me and said, um, Ben, a three-bedroom apartment, and I didn't even know that was a thing that existed. Like, uh, I've heard of two-bedroom apartments, but I've never seen a three-bedroom apartment in my life. She was like, a three-bedroom apartment just became available, and I just heard the Lord say, do it. And I called our realtor, and I said, put an offer. It was like 10 minutes after this place was posted. And so I put an offer without seeing it. Um, The offer got accepted, and then but but two other people actually made an offer as well like it, without seeing it <laughs> yeah so it was sight in, sight unseen and then our offer got accepted but we didn't have financing but then god directed us to a bank uh with a guy who knew what he was doing and he got us just the right amount of financing and then uh and then it all went through and i got laid off yeah <laughs> yeah well you actually you had the boss sign a letter too. Saying yeah, I had guaranteed my employment. I had my boss sign a letter saying guaranteed thirty-five hours a week, uh, for for a year or something. It was like, yeah, it was to make the bank yeah. happy. But then, as we wouldn't have gotten approved otherwise. Yeah, as soon as that letter went through, then I got laid off, and I was like, okay. <laughs> um, and we had sold our trailer, and we had just purchased a house, so we had nowhere to live, and we were living in Katie's parents' house. Uh, God bless both of our parents, because we both lived in their houses for long stints. <laughs> and, um, and, and so then we decided to go back to the kids' camp. Uh, we asked if they, Katie had a feeling that that's where we needed to be. Well, yeah, just even to get out of my parents' hair, like, we have, um, our daughter was two and a half at that point and like she was just pretty wild and <laughs> I don't know I, I I just assumed that they were probably sick of us so I, I thought maybe there'd be an opportunity even if it was just for a weekend camp or something but I figured uh, we should just at least reach out to them and maybe they could really use the helping hand since we had so much free time on our hands too like we were going to the beach every single day and getting sunburnt and we're like we're we're beach bums like we need to do something with our time that's productive <laughs> yeah so then katie uh called the camp and they were like yes we need help so bad so then i came in and did some trades work for them and uh, some other like groundskeeping stuff and blah 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 and and they wanted us to come for as long as we possibly could as well, which ended up being six weeks. So then with they ended up um, giving us a place to stay and feeding us every every day. So we didn't have any rent or food bill and basically no other bills because we didn't drive anywhere because it's a, a whole large camp facility. Um, so no gas, no nothing. So our expenses went to pretty well zero. Mm-hmm. 
um, except for phone bills. And then we had our EI coming in, but since we didn't have to spend any of that, that was accumulating. And that actually accumulated into the final amount we needed because we had a surprise fee come up. Um, we missed the cutoff because of the time we purchased our house. It's something about the taxes um, being back paid to us the following year, but we miss, missed the cutoff for um, not having to pay those taxes, um, but not the cutoff for, it doesn't really matter. But it, all that to say, if we hadn't have been laid off, and had gone to camp, we wouldn't have actually had the money to purchase the house. So God was orchestrating that from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so, so then from there, um, then we were unemployed and then we had the house and then, um, we felt like God wanted me to go to trade school and our money ran out. Mm-hmm. Like our EI, our EI ran out and we didn't even know that was a thing. We thought we had more weeks of entitlement to EI than we did. EI is unemployment insurance for all of our American listeners. So we sorry. We also thought it would extend with Ben going to school. Yeah, we thought that there was EI benefits for going back to trade school. I'm an electrician, so uh, I was in my third year of trade school. And so I went to school um, based on a word that my dad gave me. Uh, he, I don't think he knew it was a word, but, and I, it was pretty much the only option we had. And then God just care, despite having zero income for uh, how long was it? 10 weeks we had, it was no 12 weeks of no income. And also like you applied for so many jobs, like jobs that we considered like a backup plan. If anything were to go wrong, like jobs we typically wouldn't apply for, but he applied for every single job and every door closed so school really was our only option at that point even though we were like we can't live with no money like that's insane like and we tried everything in our power to to do something entirely different yeah and we were like considering leaving the island but then it was school then it was school time we went to school and god miraculously provided money um throughout that whole time and and honestly this this was just recently and this is when i struggled with my faith the most I was just like, this is so stupid. And I wasn't mad because I was worried that I wasn't following God. I was mad because following God was hard, basically. And it required it required so much sacrifice. And I knew that I wouldn't be happy doing anything else. But it, it was hard because I'm good. As Katie had mentioned before, we we're both very diligent people and hardworking people. And we were good at saving money and and um, we had a very good thing going on in our previous home in Edmonton. And so it it really shook me. And I, I honestly broke and I tried to leave. Um, I went back to my old habits and uh, and just was, was trying to be done with God. But God's so faithful. He just, he wouldn't let me out of his, his hands. And, um, and, uh, and I, I decided to come back. Uh, all this while, again, uh, you know, all this while still being faithful and leading our youth group. and um, But we did, we were going to end the youth group because we thought we were going to have to leave because we didn't have a job and we didn't have money. But then suddenly, miraculously, God gave us a job and then all of our money came in for mm-hmm. all of our... Uh, uh, um, we had had, we had a daughter. Oh, that's important to mention. Yeah. <laughs> Katie was pregnant during this whole crazy trailer slash move here. No, um, it was after. oh, after. And, 
And uh, so right when we got here, you got pregnant. Ish. Well, whatever. No. Anyway, but <laughs> when but we then looking for a house. That's yeah, when we started looking for a house, Katie got pregnant. So so then um, then we had a daughter, and that extended our EI. And so we were actually back paid for all of the time that our daughter was born, because uh, it took a really long time for our claim to come in. And so anyway, it went through. And all of this money came in and, and paid off all our debts. Uh, and, and again, the blessings during this time are just insane. God's so faithful and so good, even if we're unfaithful. And then, uh, well, I mean, here we are now. And God's blessed me with the ability to uh, go on the radio with this podcast. And uh, he's blessed us with a house and... And now he's kind of guiding us in the direction of uh, going towards fostering mm-hmm. and taking care of more kids because we feel like God gave us this house, literally gave us this house. We wouldn't have it without his leading and direction. And I remember when we were looking for a house, like even at one bedrooms, I was just saying like, God, like I know that this house that you're going to give us um, will be from you. And we just dedicate our space and our home and our time to whatever you want to do in there and so like he gave us this three bedroom home which is bigger than we need um and and we definitely feel like we're supposed to do something with that extra space yeah and and kind of the place that we've landed in now is um it's so interesting because it was the direction was so clear in the beginning and it did take a lot of faith but as we continue it seems like we're less sure. And so it actually takes more faith to move forward in things. But um, I think that's part of what it is because, again, that verse, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we move forward in all these things in faith, and um, <laughs> we'll see we'll see how it goes. Um, but doing the best you can with what you have, um, and even in the times where uh, we don't have any work or suddenly there's a shortage of work, we really trust God in those times now I mean I say now like it's been so long but it's only been a little while pretty fresh (laughs) yeah this this whole experience is pretty fresh up until this point so we trust we trust God and he's been so faithful just so incredibly faithful uh and and now here we are doing this podcast sitting here on our couch drinking tea and water and and um telling y'all about our lives so thank you for listening um i know this was something new for this podcast even though we've only had a couple episodes and most of them quite short i know this has been a little longer um but i hope that this story was helpful if you have any questions uh feel free to comment on the podcast i would love to respond to any questions and and maybe uh, answer a few on the next episode um but blessings thank you so much for listening and I hope this led you closer to the Lord or encouraged you in some way. Have a great day, evening, night, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.